Welcome to the Kenmore Church Podcast. We are all about filling hearts and fueling mission. We hope this content builds your heart and mind and equips you to reveal Jesus in this season of your life. So yeah, I'm so thrilled to be able to share with you today on the first Sunday of 2020. It's hard to believe we've got to the second decade, for me anyway, the second decade of this century. So yeah, I, I spent a fair bit of time just asking God, what, what do you want me to share about? And I had a few different ideas and then he reminded me of a verse that he really spoke to me through a couple of years ago and I felt like that was what he wanted me to speak about. So last time I preached, I went from Genesis to Revelation. Today I'm speaking on one verse. So it is um, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. And it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, different translations translate this different ways. And, and this, this part in the middle that says, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, you may find in your Bible it has a slightly different translation. So when I read that, I went, oh, I haven't seen this before. So I looked into the Greek and the word there, beholding as in a mirror, it's a really unusual Greek word. It's only found once in the New Testament. When it's found in other parts of um, the Greek literature, it has this sense of seeing yourself in a mirror. So NIV just says beholding. But I think that that seeing in a mirror is really important in this verse. So when I read that and I thought, how can I possibly see the glory of God when I look in a mirror? My, my insides just squirmed at that concept because it seems so arrogant to think I could look in a mirror and see the glory of God. You know, when I, I don't know about you, but when I look in a mirror, I tend to look and go, you know, too fat, too old, too whatever, <laughs> too many wrinkles. I don't look and go, wow, how awesome. But why don't I? Who made this body anyway? When you think about your body, when you think about the body that you see in the mirror, it's so strange that we tend to look at it with shame. Because we didn't make it. As Jesus said, we can't even add one minute to our lives. We have been given this amazing object, this amazing machine that is able to do all sorts of things, take random food and turn it into energy, it's able to breathe, it does all these things I can't even understand. And without Jesus keeping, us, keeping it going, we wouldn't exist for a moment. And so how, how strange is it that we don't look in the mirror and go, wow, God, you made this body and you gave it to me to use. So that's a little way that we can see the glory of God when we look in a mirror. But much bigger than that, we look in a mirror and we look at ourselves and we tend to think, I don't know, I do anyway, I tend to think that I'm rubbish. I tend to focus on the ways that I've failed, focus on the things that I don't like. And yet, 
God considered that I was worth giving up his son for. God looks at me and sees something of great value. God looks at me and sees something that he was worth that was worth paying for. So why do I look at myself and see something worthy of condemnation? It says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Well, it's an old-fashioned version of it anyway. So when I look at myself and condemn myself, when I look at who I am and feel disappointed and shame and angry, who am I listening to? God says in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not, there's some condemnation sometimes, but mostly I'm not going to condemn you. There is now no condemnation. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So when I look at myself with condemnation, who am I listening to? God says all these amazing things about me. Let's turn to the next slide. I looked up a whole million lot of verses and I was going to print them all out, but then I thought it's take too long. But some of the things he says about us are that we are beloved, we are righteous, we are chosen, we are holy, we are children of God, we are a new creation, we are justified, we are God's workmanship, we are a royal priesthood, we are blameless, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, we are perfect, says in Hebrews, we are the light of the world. Do you see that when you look in a mirror? Do you see the light of the world when you look in a mirror? Do you see someone who's righteous and holy and chosen? And if you don't, why don't you? I know that we're sinful. All of us are sinful. And Roman mirrors were not perfect reflections. Roman mirrors were made of polished bronze or polished metal. So when you looked in the mirror, you didn't have a perfect reflection like we have today. And certainly when we look in a mirror to see the, the glory of God, we don't see a perfect reflection. It's damaged, and we all know that. But God has glorified us. So I, was, I have always thought that putting myself down was what humble meant, that humble was thinking less of myself. But actually, me saying to God, I know better than you what I, who I am, I know better than you what my value is, surely that's the ultimate arrogance. If God says that I'm righteous and if God says that there is no condemnation for me and I turn around and say, actually, God, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not righteous. I'm not beloved. I'm not chosen. I'm rubbish. What I'm doing is actually saying that God doesn't know what he's talking about. I was really impacted by a young friend of mine who was struggling with pornography. He was a great Christian young man. He was running the youth group. He was going on mission. He was doing all sorts of amazing things. But at the same time, he spent you know, time hunched over a keyboard or hunched over a screen. 
And he felt like he was a hypocrite. He felt like his core identity was someone who was involved in pornography and that when he was serving God, that he was fake. And God spoke to him one day and said, you are my child. Your core identity is my child. Your core identity is the person who is choosing to serve God. The person watching pornography is an aberration. And that realisation, that change of thinking, actually enabled him to conquer the pornography. Because while he thought that pornography was who he was, he was stuck in it. When he started to say, no, who I am is God's child, who sometimes does that, it changed his perspective and it empowered him to become who God said he was. And that's the thing, as if we keep denying what God says about us and focusing on what we think and what Satan says about us, it inhibits God from transforming us because we're holding on to a lie and lies weaken us. God is about truth. Jesus says the truth will set us free. So if we go back to the first part of this verse, it says, but we all with unveiled face. This, this passage, this whole chapter in Corinthians is looking at two sorts of veils. One of them was Moses. Moses, when he was up on the... In Exodus, when he was with the people, he went up onto the mountain with God and he spent such amazing time with God that when he came down the mountain, his face was actually glowing. And because he didn't want to frighten the people, he put a veil over his face to hide this light that was on his face. So when Moses looked in a mirror, he certainly saw the glory of God. But he wanted to hide this from other people. And Paul says he wanted to hide it because he didn't want them to see it fading away. The other veil that Paul is talking about in this passage is the veil in the temple. The temple had all different bits and in the very centre was the Holy of Holies and that was where God's presence was. And between the Holy of Holies and the rest of the temple was a great big heavy curtain. And it was a separation. The people could not go into the presence of God. It was dangerous for them and it was frightening for them. So there was this veil. But as you all know, or many of you know, when Jesus died, that veil was torn in two. So when Paul talks about us going into the presence of the Lord with an unveiled face, it means we don't have to hide. We don't have to pretend when we're with God. We don't have to put on our Sunday best, get ourselves looking all right so that we can be in God's presence. We don't have to do ritual purifications as the priests had to do. We're able to enter into the presence of God as we are. When we became Christian, if you're not a Christian, there still is that veil, that barrier. It's hard to see God. But that veil is broken when we became Christians. But for me... I found as I listened to Satan telling me that I deserved condemnation, the temptation was to put that veil back. I didn't want to see God face to face. As soon as I start to believe that I deserve condemnation and that God, well, that God is condemning me, I don't want to run into him as my daddy. 
there's a sense of, of, of high hiddenness, of closing myself off from him. So if I believe the lies of Satan about how God sees me, then I put the veil back on. And that's not what God wants for us. Just imagine those of you who are parents, if your kids, before they came to see you, first of all, got all done up and then came in and said, oh, father, mother, I'm so terribly sorry. I'm such a terrible person. Please forgive me. Please don't be angry. Please don't be angry. It wouldn't fill you with joy, would it? And yet that's so often how we come to God, pretending to be something that we're not, pretending that we're not who, pretending, trying to hide who we really are from God. That doesn't mean we don't have to confess our sins. Of course we do. That's, you know, the Bible is full of that. But our sins are not our identity. Our sins are an aberration. So we come to God freely to sit on his lap and say, Daddy, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. I know that that's not what you wanted me to do. And to freely accept that forgiveness and to come back into being his kid, to come back into confidently enjoying who he says I am. And so then it goes, as we, as we see God with the unveiled face, as we see his glory when we look in a mirror, then he is able to transform us, to transform us from what we are to what, we, what he wants us to be. So it says, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Notice that it doesn't say, say we have been transformed. The Bible is full of this tension between the now and the not yet. There's so many things. All these promises about us are true, but they're not true. We know that. We know we are declared righteous, but there is sin in us. We are declared holy, but, but we still struggle. So there's a, they, they are true, but they're also not yet. It's like a pregnant woman. She's a mother, but she isn't. A, she doesn't hold a child in her arms yet. So we're like that. We're, we are. This is true of us, but we are still being transformed to the full glory, from glory to glory to glory to glory. God wants to fill us with glory. And as we're filled with glory, we are able to glorify him. God doesn't want us to diminish ourselves. He wants us to see his workmanship in us so that we are able to glorify him. It's not about thinking that we're amazing. It's thinking about God saying that we're amazing because of, who, because of how he's made us. So when we look in a mirror to see God's glory, we look at the glory that God has made in us, not because we're amazing. We are amazing, but because God made us. So it's not about pride. It's about a, a humble recognition of how amazing God is. And we're being transformed, not by ourselves, we're not, it doesn't say transform yourself. God is at work in us to transform us. Moses' face shone with the glory of the Lord because he spent time in the presence. And that's what we need to do. We need to spend time in God's presence, allowing him to show us his face, allowing him to show us ourselves in him. So who are you listening to? 
Are you listening to God or are you listening to Satan? What lies are you believing about yourself? This is a really helpful spiritual practice to spend time asking God. This is something I do all the time. It's so easy, even though I dwelt in this three years ago and felt like I'd really absorbed the message, preparing it to preach again, I had to just go back, God, what lies am I believing? And I realised how many of those lies I'd slipped back into. It's, Satan is so relentless in telling us all these lies about ourselves. And it's so easy for us to believe him. So there's this, this spiritual discipline of going, God, what's not right? Particularly if I find myself not desiring to be with him. As soon as I find myself not desiring to be with him, I know that I'm believing some lie about myself or about him. And so I can ask him, what is it? And then I can tell him, I can say, I renounce that lie. I refuse to agree with that lie anymore. And then I ask him for the truth. So the truth might be, for me, I often start to feel like I haven't spent enough time with God. I'm too, I'm too slack. I'm too bad. And so then I don't want to spend time with God. So I need to come back and say, the lie that I'm believing is I need to earn my way into God's presence, that I need to be good enough to come into God's presence. And I, I renounce that lie. I don't need to earn my way into God's presence. Jesus has already paid the price. So then I say to God, well, what is the truth? And he gives me a Bible verse or he gives me a truth. The truth is Jesus has bought my way into God's presence. I don't have to pay a price. I don't have to be good enough to be in God's presence. So I stand on the truth that Jesus has earned my right to be there, that I am God's beloved child, that I don't need to worry and be afraid to come into his presence. So you might believe completely different lies, but it's, it's very easy to slip back. Satan's always pushing us to get back into some lie. So I encourage you to spend some time doing that little circle of, of um, a question and an answer. What's the lie? What's the truth? So what you focus on forms you. If you focus on God and what he has done for you and what he says about you, then you, have, you open the door, you prepare the soil for him to transform you into what he wants you to be. And what he wants you to be is the same image. He wants to transform you into his image. He created you in his image. We've broken that image as we sinned and fell away from him. He's put us back and then he's transforming us. It says that we'll grow into the full stature of Christ. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to focus on ourselves and our weakness. We focus on God and his strength. We focus on God and his love. And we focus on what God says about us. In John, at the, at the end of this, in 1 John, it says, But we know that when Christ appears... We shall be like him. I can't read my own writing. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the clearer our view of God and Jesus and ourselves is, the more we open ourselves to be transformed into that image. Let me pray. Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much that you died for us, that you felt that we were worth your very life. 
that we were worth the incredible suffering that you went through. And we thank you that you have declared so many truths over us. The Bible is full of amazing promises, amazing declarations. Lord, forgive us for the times when we've listened to Satan rather than you, when we've thought we were being humble by saying that we were rubbish, when you're the one who made us and you're the one who's redeemed us. Lord, thank you that we are bright with your glory. Help us to come to you with unveiled faces and to enjoy your presence now and always. Amen. So if this has touched a nerve, there'll be the prayer team over there. If you'd like some help to, to process some of that, we'd love to spend some time praying with you. So bless you this 2020. Pray that as you, as you start this new year, you stand in your true identity in Christ. Amen.